This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Random Movie Generator Welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David Earl, and David Edwards, Captain. There we go. How are you? I'm not bad. I am uh, live and kicking, like Zoe Ball and Philip Schofield. And Which you shouldn't uh, just take for granted. Absolutely, don't we? We just take that for granted that my heart's beating, my feet are moving, my eyeballs are swishing left to right like window cleaners, and. I should, in actual fact, stop and just, you know, look up at the Lord or, or evolution, whatever you believe in, science or God, and just say thank you. What do you believe in? Goodness me. It's a bizarre porridge of... Um, do you know, I, I think it would be arrogant for me to have a definite answer to that one. I, I'm not just being PC about it. I'm not being uh, a political correctness um, phobic man. It's just a case of... Um, who bloomer knows? Some days I'm, I'm I'm saluting the gods. Other days I'm I'm uh, I'm genuflecting in front of uh, the scientists. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So how, how are you? How are you fit? You up for talking about movies? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Let's get yeah. involved. Look, look what I've got here. Oh my goodness, an Oreo cookie. And I've got some shortbread that I've got all about. Have you? Oh yeah, God, we did say that, didn't we? Oh, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely, Captain. I've forgotten all about oh, that. Well, let's do that in part two of the pod, shall we? Absolutely. I'm going because you love your Oreo biscuits. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do a little test, a little review. You do a little. Re- I love my shortbread. It's not that I've had one for months or years, but whenever I think of a butter shortbread, it sends me around the twist. God, you need that. You need things in life that send you around the twist. For crying out loud, if you don't have that, and yours is the the Oreo bicky. Absolutely. Looking at it now, I'm filled with uh, food envy. Yeah, really? Oh, massively. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to have one of those right now. Uh, so, 
Now, this is a bit different this week. We're recording on a Sunday when normally we record on a Saturday. Welcome, everybody, actually, in the uh, in uh, the YouTube. Uh, thanks for coming on and watching. But we normally record on a Saturday, and you've watched a movie the previous evening, David. Absolutely. Does the movie that you watched on Friday still feel fresh in your mind? 100% fresh. Absolutely fresh. Totally. Yeah. I think of a so metaphor. I guess you, you've, been given, you've, got another, you've had another 24 hours to let it... Percolate, okay. percolate in the old brain box and the old frontal lobes, and um, yeah, no, 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 it all feels very fresh and vivid in my mind. And you, you went with Ryan, hundred percent, absolutely. The two um, Tango and Cash wandering together into the cinema multiplex, hand in hand. Now, I don't, I don't want to sort of sort of retread our steps every week, but I'm obviously interested in the old food that you took in took into the cinema absolutely this is a big one for me I've been looking forward Ooh. to this one for a long long time new Gareth Edwards movie big sci-fi movie oh I thought you meant you took a, like a Sunday roast in oh God, I did bring in a Sunday roast because the film's a big one so I was like right push the boat out sort of thing oh what did you do? did you were you excited then Friday because so what did you watch what did you watch Gareth, it was Gareth Edwards' new sci-fi epic um the creator were you more excited when you left work no, oh yeah, God, it. it's been on my radar for a long time, this one. You know, big uh, cerebral sci-fi action film. You know, he's got aspirations to like make his own sort of George Lucas sci-fi escapist movie. Uh, it's not bogged down by IP. It's not part of a franchise or comic book. It's a new original idea. The trailer looks really good. The first reviews were very positive and they showed some sneak previews at a Las Vegas cinema con convention, which were really positive. And what what's the uh, what age do you have to be to uh, watch this? I thing think it's Mama? twelve or fifteen. It's not an eighteen certificate, but it'd be a twelve. What 15. was Star Wars back in the day? Do you know? I think it was a U when it first came out, and people were always shocked because Obi Wan cuts someone's arm off, and I think it was later turned into a PG. Right. But there wouldn't have been a 12 in the 70s, so it would have been a U or a PG. Well, if I'd seen you on the Friday night, would I have seen, noticeably seen a difference in your behaviour? Were you sort of upbeat and energetic and smiley or...? Yeah, I think a bit of a skip to my step type of thing, I would have thought, you know, a bit of an extra bit of energy and buzz. So if I bumped into you, so, hi David. How's it going? You good? Yeah, yeah, good. What are you up to? Lovely to see you off to the cinema to see the new film, The Creator. Blimey, you're smiling a lot. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's got a lot of hype. Do you know what I mean? It's a big one. Been waiting for it for a while. Why are you standing on your tippy toes? I didn't even notice I was. I did not even notice I was. I guess that's what a good mood does to you. It just... Oh, um, I feel as I'm... Skipping around. I feel as I'm just hovering. Hovering. I've gone... Uh, what's the word? When you just... Uh, it's like a Darren Brown mind trick. Hollywood is... Phil drowned my head in dopamine and I'm just hovering through life right now. Were you genuinely like that? Were you just like, I just need to get to that cinema because I'm running late? No, there was an extra buzz. I don't know if it was that much of a buzz to the extent I was literally, you know, um, like like Jesus, kind of like walking the water type of thing. Literally just hovering everywhere like Jackson doing a moonwalk forward. But it was a case of... Um, uh, there was definitely an extra skip in my walk. It's like, you know, I'm looking forward to this one. This will be interesting. And food-wise, you thought, I'm going to push the boat out. Absolutely. Okay, take us through. Where did you go? What did you get? I went to Tesco's on the way there, and I fancy some Doritos. 
So I got myself a large packet of their pizza Dorito crisps. So killed two birds with one stone. The uh, the saltiness of crisps and um, uh, my pizza uh, uh, fascination ticked. And then I got two dips. What are pizza Doritos? What's the difference? Um, more of a mixture of tastes, basically. Almost as though it is like a kind of pizza. Instead of it just being cheese or just chive. And also the triangles are more in the shape of uh, a slice of a pizza. I mean, ultimately, it's just naff American marketing. But I just gobble it up. It's what you want on a Friday. You feel as though you've been the slave to the work system for the week. And now the consumer gets his little treat, if you like. If you, if you like, sort of thing. And I got myself two dips. One was cheese, the good old-fashioned Doritos cheese. Cheese dip. Cheese dip and barbecue. Okay. Okay, so we got the crisps situation sorted. What next? And then I, um, I've i had my eye on these for quite a while. Have you? When you say you've had your eye on them, what, do you, what have you been thinking when you've seen them in the aisles? I'll have to try those out. I'll have to give that a go. So why have you not gone on trying them out now? Why have you... Resisted because um, probably it's like a routine element whereby you think to yourself, "Where's well, like that Oreo biscuit you've got there in front of me?" Like I said last week, it's like I'm going to have food envy because I know I like that. You can't go wrong with that, and if you take a risk getting something else instead, you'll be thinking, "Why don't I just keep with what I usually go for?" Yeah, but I thought, yeah. "What the hell?" I know I'm going to be all right with the Doritos. Um, what did you, What was it? What was it? Oh, what, the other thing? Yeah, what was the other thing? Um, they're in the American food aisle in Sainsbury's and Tesco's, and I've forgotten the name of them, but they're giant marshmallows, and there's a bear on the front. I can't remember the actual name, but there's a massive bear wearing an apron, and um, they're massive. They're like the size of a kitten's skull, I guess, would be the way of describing them. I've always had my eye on them. My sister said that she tried them and she didn't like them. And that stopped me for a while. But it's like, no, I'm going to give them a go. And I've got to say, it, this rarely happens, but they won in the cinema. I was full. Hang on a minute. Hang Hang on a minute. Giant marshmallows. Tesco's. I've seen them. Epic giant toasting marshmallows. Is that those? Yes. With the bar, with the bear. Yeah, definitely a bear on the front. I don't know why the bear's there. I guess the bear just represents giant strength and force. Perfect for the barbecue. Gluten-free, delicious, pillowy hunks of sweetness. Super size for a bigger, bolder, epic experience. So grab a bag, fire up the grill, skewer a mallow, and start toasting. Truly epic. Epic giant toasting marshmallows. Epic marshmallows for an epic film. Wow. So how big was the bag? Oh, it's massive. I would say it was kind of like, um, yeah, it was like um, like a, a lady's hand. Yeah, like a pillow. You could do it like a pillow. Yes, absolutely. You took a pillow of marshmallows into the cinema. I thought I shouldn't. 
um, share this with you. Now you look so shocked and disgusted. I feel as though I should retreat. No, no, it's not that. It's just that is a lot of marshmallows. Oh, it won. Like I said, I, I didn't finish them. It won. What, like that? Oh no, not quite like that. It was. Um, oh, probably like probably like a small, not like a no, no, no not like that. Yes, like that. Yeah, hundred percent. So not really like a complete. <laughs> Basically burn. that. Yes. Basically that. A bit bigger because the marshmallows are larger. We better describe because wow. people on the podcast won't know what that is. Sort of a ball. Well, of... I'm just holding up a bag of cotton balls. Very true. Flipping hell. Hell's bad. Right, so you had Doritos and giant marshmallows. Absolutely, like it was like a two-year-old's birthday party. Right, and anything else? No, God, the marshmallows completely destroyed me. Did you take a drink in with you? Um, yes, I did. I took in a uh, cherry Coke. It's very, you got to get the, the food bit. is very, very important, isn't it? I, I, when I get the food, I always want it to last a good 45 minutes, an hour into the film, so you'd... Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Constant joy. You got the images. You got the. But I, I find before before even the film started, it's gone. Do you know? Do you know what a fascinating linking twin? Yeah, I do find that it's gone to the extent that sometimes I put it down, which takes a lot of willpower. I think no, you want that for the third act, Dave. You don't want to just get rid of it for the third act. Absolutely. Fuck. Still chowing down. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I couldn't make it last. Goodness me. I know I, I probably don't make it through the third act. I think that's too ambitious. But there was a guy I met who does special effects, like um, computer graphics special effects, and he worked on a film with Tim Burton. And Tim Burton comes in and watches the show rules of the special effects. And Tim Burton asks for a bowl of M&Ms because he wants to be eating food when he sees all the sequences. So he gets into the psychological positioning of the audience. I don't know if that's pretentious or not, but he asks for specific M&Ms and a bowl. So he's eating the food whilst watching the images. I mean, it was interesting, I guess. I've never heard of that before. But it's quite quite a demand. It's like, where are my M&Ms? There's no use me watching this if I'm not chucking sugar down my mouth. So you, so you walked into the cinema. Was it busy? I would say a bit busier than normal. It wasn't heaving. It wasn't Oppenheimer, which was just like absolutely all Barbie, which was heaving. Barbie makes sense because it's got the whole nostalgia element. You know, it's um, it's giving female audience members their own kind of Marvel experience. But Oppenheimer, I was amazed by how popular that was. Not because it's a bad film. It's a good film, interesting film, but it's a very dry drama. Do you know what I mean? It's very people-based, men in rooms talking about bombs. <laughs> so you sit down you're excited about this movie you just watch the trailers how are you feeling the music starts up well it's ha- Hans Zimmer music so you're, is he? oh yeah Hans Zimmer it's really interesting because obviously the, the, the film is about is set in um, the future and it's called The Creator it's called The Creator and it's this this line between uh, human beings and AI and AI becoming too powerful and um, AI have dropped a nuclear bomb on um, LA, and now the human civilization is starting a war with AI. And did he write this? He did with Chris Wise, W I E Z, who also wrote about a boy, an American Pie, and um, 
and also did one of the twi- and wrote one of the Twilight movies as well. But it's an original idea that Chris Edwards did write, yeah. Chris Edwards. Oh no, no, no. Gareth Edwards. How old, is Ga- How old is this Gareth guy? He's quite young. I would say very early forties. He was very young. Well, the first film he did was Monsters, which is fascinating because he literally filmed the whole thing on a road trip and did all the special effects in his bedroom. He started off as a special effects um, supervisor for the BBC. And there's a great um, interview with Mark Commode on YouTube where he interviews Gareth Edwards in his bedroom when he's doing all the monsters. And you can tell this is almost like a follow-up from Monsters. Because he did Monsters. It was did very well in the festivals. Then he went straight to a 100 million movie with Godzilla. And then he did a Star Wars film. And I think both of those experiences weren't great. He went from micro, micro budget to massive blockbuster. How are you feeling the first five minutes? First five minutes. Lots of potential because visually his films are very interesting in the sense that um, big sci-fi ideas about AI, but very naturalistically set it feels very real, very earthy. So he goes to real locations. There's no green screens involved. He goes to real locations and then very um, subtly adds bits of CGI within very real kind of cinematography and real live action environments. So it feels very grounded, very earthy, which makes the um, sci-fi experience even more immersive. So you've got that aspect, which is really strong. So yeah, visually, lots of world building, uh, lots of newsreels at the beginning that gives it that kind of like very real kind of vibe. I keep saying the word real, but it does feel grounded and quite escapist. Yeah, well, I, I love the sound of this film so far, David. Does it continue to excite? No, it's got problems, unfortunately. I know, it's a bit of a... Um, I know, it's a bit of a handful. It's Wow, I wasn't expecting that, David. It's, it's not massive problems. It's very similar to Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9, in the sense that both of them started off doing special effects. They're visually really unique, but then um, they've just got massive script-writing issues. Simple as that. It's like, and both Neil Blomkamp and Gareth Edwards, both of them, you can see. And it's so easy for me to say it as well. I mean, they're incredibly talented men, um, what, are the, what are the problems I, I would, for you? I would say, um, number one, the timing of the film is amazing in the sense that it's exactly just when AI is becoming a massive talk piece. So, you know, he couldn't have timed the film better in that vein, in that the theme is very apt. But um, because it's so apt, I think people want more of a discussion about AI. And the film doesn't really delve into AI in any unique way at all. It's more just a case of um, human beings going around blowing up AI machines or robots or whatever, and then just basically saying, oh, it's just programming, don't worry about it, they can't feel. And it just feels as though the film doesn't attempt to go into any new ground. It's very much just obvious tropes from other movies before it. But I'd say the big, big issue is... um, Basically, uh, the main character, I've forgotten the actor's name, he's Denzel Washington's son, and it's really bad that I've forgotten his name, he's in Tenant. He has to locate uh, AI's new weapon that's going to 
kill off a human civilization. That turns out to just be a small little meek boy that has these amazing powers. And it's basically like the Mandalorian or the last of us. It's like this kind of like, um, ex army character looking after a baby Yoda. So it follows very cliche script beats. And at the end, they're supposed to bond. And you're supposed to have these big emotional moments, but they don't lay down the tracks early enough for you to fill that bond between them. So when it comes to the big, if this film was made in the nineties, Bruce Willis would have starred in it with a, with a, with Macaulay Culkin, do you know what I mean? It wouldn't have been that bad, but that's the sort of thing you're looking at. So really intense visuals are really naturalistic and real, but a very obvious Hollywood script. Um, but some really, really interesting ideas. There's an amazing one whereby, um, when people die in the film, this only lasts for one minute. You could base a whole film on it. When people die in the movie, you can take their brain, scan it, and then put it into an AI robot's brain, and then have about 30 seconds of talking to that person, but in a robot's brain. So the robot wakes up, and they're the person, and they're looking over, and they can see their body dead. And they're freaking out, but the army's saying, don't worry that you're dead, don't worry that you're dead, you've got 30 seconds. Tell us where the kid ran to. Tell us where the kid ran to. And he's freaking out. He's like, oh my God, I'm dead, I'm dead. They're like, no, we've only got 30 seconds. Tell us where. I was like, you could have done the film about that. It was amazing. The other interesting thing is Hans Zimmer does the soundtrack, which is very impressive, but the emotional beats don't really go hand in hand. But Gareth Eccles' original idea was to do a um, Hans Zimmer AI soundtrack, to get AI to do the Hans Zimmer soundtrack, which I thought was quite a clever idea. Hans Zimmer listened to the soundtrack. He said, no, 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 I'm going to do it. A computer isn't going to replace me. But I thought that had been quite an interesting idea, the idea of an AI soundtrack of a film but that is and also the other thing is the last beat of the film it's really clear that when they showed it to a test audience the test audience were confused because you've got an angry american general giving really obvious exposition information you know plot information throughout which has obviously been done by adr audio dialogue recording and it's just so obvious that the script wasn't clear at the end. Uh, what you can hear that it is. Yeah, massively. And it's very... Corey T went to see it on Friday. Oh, yes. Welcome, Corey T. What do you think? And I completely agree. Oh, there we in go. An, in, I lo- do you know what? I love this. I love that you have your... I, this is what I love, David. I love that you're hard to please. I absolutely love that. Can you imagine if you were always going, yeah, great. I love that you're hard to please. I love it when other people have seen it. And I love it when you agree. Saw this on Friday and completely agree. In an era where directors are sometimes overindulgent with plots and spend too much time on scenes, this film moved too fast. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And also, one thing no one's mentioned, so this might just be me... What does that mean, this film moved too fast, sorry? In the sense that um, you need those breathing moments whereby it wasn't just like a plot rattling along, but there was bonding moments with the characters. The the child and the main star action hero never actually properly bonded. Do you know what I mean? 
it just rattled along. You've always, the pacing to a film is so important, isn't it? If it's too slow, you lose interest. If it's too fast, it's just fast food. You know, you don't get those emotional beats. But then again, David, can I can I, can I read this out? Oh yeah, Jess Cordell it. said, "I do wonder if David enjoys movies anymore." Junkman Jones replied, "It's the state of the industry rather than Mr. Edwards." Yeah, I do sometimes wonder that if I have become too ultra-critical. I think that's a valid point. Uh, but what do you think of Junkman's point? I think it's okay. I think he's probably got a valid point, but I think um, I think it's almost like I have to watch it that I'm not becoming this kind of overly critical bloke in his mid-40s, or in my day, in my day. Because you can't I, help it, can you? No, you can't, you can't. You can't fight your age. Daniel Clark says, I agree with everything David is saying. I saw it on Friday evening. I felt underwhelmed by the end scene. I was expecting more. No emotional connection. It, it is interesting that it's like our target audience, our sort of, your sort of Patreon target audience that everyone went to see it. Because on paper, it was exactly what our sort of audience wants. That kind of like um, almost 70s-esque, you know, character-driven, cerebral sci-fi, lots of action, but hopefully something to think about. You know, like Blade Runner, stuff in that vein. But yeah, it just didn't tick the box, sadly. Does it ruin the taste of the marshmallows? Um, do you, do you, if you're watching a movie you're really excited about and you eat and then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm not so sure, you're like... <sighs> No, it, it. Do you know what I mean? Well, you eat more. Probably eat more. Try and like get get rid of the anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Because that's where the that's why all that sugar's there. Trying to fill a hole in my soul, basically. So I probably I like working out what 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 point in the film are you going? Oh no! Oh, I'm starting to feel this might not be. How far in? Are we talking about that blasted second act? I think yeah, definitely the second act. It took me a while to chew over why it didn't work. Because I was keep looking at it, thinking this is vision, this is working. You know, the actors, the actors were good. There wasn't any poor performances. I need to remember Denzel Washington's. Does anyone in the patron remember Denzel Washington's son's name? Because it's terrible. I don't. Cause he's a big star. It took me a while to work out why it didn't cast a spell on me, but I was out. John David. John David. Malcolm. John David. Malcolm. There you go. That's his name. That's his name. John uh, David or Malcolm. One or the other. I think if you know him really well, you can call him Malcolm. But if not, it's John David. You've got to pay no, respect. I think there are two. Um, but it's a case of... Um, what's that? John David. John David. It's definitely John David. It took me a while to work out. Because by the third film, it just felt very fragmented. I just wasn't... I'd like... Um, touch... What's it, what's it called when a wrestler... Um, touches out doesn't he kind of like uh you know he's had enough type of thing psychologically you're just not in the room with the film anymore right throw the towel in throw the towel in 100 percent. okay david well it's now your time to uh review the creator uh get out of five chalk ices if everyone could uh have their little guess on what how many chalk ices out of five david's going to give it i'm going to write down on a piece of paper what i think have a guess as well absolutely see what you can um, cook up okay I'm going for it oh yeah I'll go for that so I've had a guess let's see if everyone okay everyone else has had a go so David 
creator. How many chalk ices out of five are you going to give it? Very close though. It's only half a. I gave it a three. That's only Ooh. a sliver of ice cream. 0.5, isn't it? That's hardly 3. anything. 3.5. That's like Daniel Clark. I think Daniel Clark said 3.5. David Pennell said 3.5. Uh, Lenny Remy said 3.5. Not Most a... people went three and two. You went higher. You went higher. It's not a terrible film. I mean, visually, it's really impressive. I mean, there's an amazing spaceship that hovers above them that scans the floor and blows people up, and I've never seen anything like that. It's, it's a very. It's got some unique moments. It's not a terrible movie by any shape. Everyone's surprised. Everyone thinks you gave it a lower review. Yeah, I guess maybe it's more frustrating where... But I'll tell you what did also happen to me. What? If you can believe this... The blue dot reappeared from Indiana Jones. <laughs> Unbelievable. What have you just told us this now? Yeah, the I've, blue dot. I had to bring the manager in once again. And I said to her, this is the second time that's happened to me. People who don't hang know on, about this. David, you had to get up out of your seat. Everyone else is just watching it. You're going, no, I'm not putting up with this. A little blue dot appears on the screen. And it's a different screen, and it's a blue dot. And I say to Ryan, can you see that blue dot? And Ryan points it out to me originally. And then there's an annoyance where How I think... How big's the dot? Why did you have to point that blue dot out to me? I may not have seen it. it Is it as big as a thumbnail? Yes, it would um, take up a character's eye in, in a... Um, in a close-up. A close-up is a neck to the top of the head, and the blue dot would take up an entire eye of the character. And I, I dragged her in, and I said to her, this is the second time it's happened to me. It ruined Indiana Jones. And she had no interest. She's in her mid-twenties. She's just like, who are you, old man? And um, and I dragged and I said to her, listen, I, I dragged think, her in. I didn't physically drag her in. You have to watch that. I don't want to get cancelled type of thing. Dragging ushers into places bringing that toxic Hollywood energy to uh, Chichester Cine World. But it's a case of, um, what happened? Yeah. And I said to her, I think I'd like to be compensated. And she was like, oh, absolutely. Um, would you like some credits for the ice cream bar? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I would. <laughs> absolutely. Suddenly that blue dot didn't seem too bad. You said yes. Yeah, please, definitely. <laughs> and um, she came into the auditorium and I'm not joking, that blue dot didn't turn up once. And I looked like an idiot, and I didn't get any credits for the ice cream bar. And I had to sit down and just eat my humble pie, I guess my epic marshmallows. Very annoying. It just wouldn't turn up. And it's because the lighting wasn't you right. You were actually wanting the blue dot to turn up. Oh, uh, the point. irony, the absolute irony. I was taking around different parts of the cinema, the auditorium. No, 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 we need to go over here and have a look. Let's just wait. No, you weren't. No, I was, because I looked like a complete idiot. people were watching. You were talking. Oh, no, we're in the back. Zigzagging we're around in the, the back. We're in the back type of thing. Really? What, where the projector is? Well, there's like a, um, a back bit either side. There's alleyways either side sort of thing. Wow. Um, so I didn't go in front of people. We, we may have walked past them to get to different alleyways around it. So how did you feel? You said, she said, oh, did, were you like, oh, the blue dot's not there now, but it was there. It was just embarrassing. I apologised. You said, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry, don't worry. 
And I thought, I can't go back and ask for free ice cream now. But then she said to me, um, I went to the audio visual diary. I don't know what that is. No one else has mentioned it. I'm the only one who's ever mentioned it. And I said, Well, Dan, Daniel Clark said, apart from David, who else has actually seen the doll? Well, that's what I was worried about. And um, Ryan did see it. Ryan, because Ryan pointed it out to me like, on Friday night. And part of me was annoyed. I was just like, oh, God, I wish you hadn't pointed that out to me because I hadn't noticed it originally. God, it's making me wonder, what does the blue dot exist? Oh, David, oh, yes. TripAdvisor, Cinema, Cine World Rugby, blue dot lights on screen. There you go. It does exist. Yes, it does. Went to uh, cinema today, uh, film rubbish, but issue was the nine blue dots on the screen. Nine? Very off-putting, informed a member of the staff who stated her manager was aware and had spoke to someone to try and fix it. Well, Mr. Manager, give a reduced fee or notify customers to give them the choice if you still insist on using a clearly defective screen. Nightmare. And also, it wasn't the same screen as, um, as Indiana Jones. It was somewhere else. Yeah, it was annoying because it has to be dark for it to work. David! There's an image of it. Would anyone know why my local movie theatre has a random blue light always emitting on the screen? There's the blue dot! Is that Cineworld? Just a Cineworld? I don't know. I can see the dot. Oh, that's, that is off-putting. That's all you're going to look at. Nightmare. And when it's black, when it's night time... And when she turned up, it was light in a hotel room. Then it was light in, like, um, a car. And I was just like, oh, God, the blue dot's gone. Well, David, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this week's cinema, new cinema, new movie review, even. Thank, thank you, you Captain. Thanks for your time and your energy. David Edwards. Before we uh, do the movie news, oh, here we go. Oreo review. Let's go for it, Captain. So I've got a white white chocolate Oreo. This is your favourite biscuit. I am filled with jealousy as you hold it in your hand. It feels uh, smooth and uh, wet. Last week's was a massive anticlimax, wasn't it? You absolutely hate To the extent that I had one of those coffees today and... Um, it almost has dampened them for me. You were so sort of um, appalled by it. It's like, I think David's got a point here. It's it's, quite they a, weren't very nice. Um, from my, my opinion, I didn't, I didn't like I it. I had a coconut one this morning. It wasn't great. Okay, so I'm going to have a go. Okay, go for it. Would you dip it or would you just eat it? I would um, I'd do a dip after, have it normal, dry, yeah. and then do a dip. Is it fresh from the fridge? Yes. Oh, God, go for it now, mate. For so it, eat you know. it. Sip or eat it, dip, sip. I would, I would eat and then dip. I wouldn't worry about any tea, sipping okay. tea. Just eat. God, that is nice, isn't it? That's that's bloody nice. That is. You can't quarrel with that. Sick. Tricky second act. Indeed. Mm. 
I would just be in bed with it now. I wouldn't even have to consider it. That's fantastic. You're a lucky man. You've got a whole box. You've got more of those as well. How many, how many did you buy? Three big boxes. Oh, my God. If you don't like them, send them my way. I can taste it in my mouth as you're eating it. This is a very uncomfortable situation. I'm like, um, talk, talk about food envy. I can literally taste the white chocolate in my mouth. It's the psychology here is quite bizarre. You're not amazed, are you? What? What? Indeed. You don't know my 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 <laughs> mind, Edwards. Don't try and read my brain. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a. <laughs> There's a whole dialogue in that biscuit. <laughs> Genuinely, there's a lot going on. There's texture. Yeah, there is. There's nice... Yeah, I like the crunch. Oh, God, there's a crunch, isn't there? Um, I... <clears throat> you know when they said the creator moved too fast? Too much going on, for my liking. Goodness me. Hey, too much going on. I'm not mad on the outer white shell. God, I love that element. Oh, it's, don't get me wrong, it's different folks, different... Uh... Listen, David, I wouldn't butt in when you're giving a movie review. Very I... true. <laughs> Very true. No, 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 you go for it. 100%. 100%. I think what I'm learning from biscuits is I like simplicity. I don't want too much going on. Someone said, is it too dry? Absolutely not too dry. No, there's enough uh, moisture to keep you... Um... It's too much going It feels too sweet. Just slightly too sweet for me. Listen, if there was a plate of them, I'd have one. Okay? If there was a plate of one plate of them I would definitely have but if there was a shortbread sitting next to it I'd go for the shortbread definitely the shortbread's got one clear flavour you can't mess around with that <laughs> Charlie says David is furious <laughs> what, what the no 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 no, no. I'm, I'm pausing in the sense that I do know what you mean when um, you're trying to review and express yourself and someone's got, not that that happens to me I'm not saying it happens to me but it's um you know, you've had a, uh, a taste experience and you want to express yourself. Yeah, it's the white chocolate. It's too sweet. Too much is going on. I like the texture. I like the biscuity crunch. Maybe you're just an Oreo man. You just need to focus on the Oreo. I'm not sure I'm an Oreo man. Yeah, it's quite sweet. I think I've just got, I've got manically sweet. Um, oh, I like my sweet stuff. buds. What's the white stuff inside the Oreo? What's the white filling? Cream, basically. It's, it's a specific um, style of cream. And then you've got this kind of like um, sort of black chocolate chocolate kind of top and bottom. It's, it's, a bit, it's like a biscuit. It's a biscuit base and biscuit. 100%. And then you've got all that white chocolate around. Someone was saying to me recently they find white chocolate quite sickly. Not everyone's a fan of white chocolate. No. Also, it feels messy to eat. I feel like I've got to eat this quickly, otherwise I'm going to get messy fingers. Yes, I do know what you mean. But if it's fresh, fresh, fresh from the fridge, you can avoid that type of thing. But you are right. There's a lot going on there. 
a hell of a lot. Like when I was having those marshmallows on Friday night, I think my my mouth was just ringing with the sugar. Do you know what I mean? It's almost just like humming. So everyone in the in the YouTube, if you'd like to guess how many chalk ices out of five, I'm going to give the Oreo white outer milked biscuit. I think I'm going to have to go out and buy some myself now. Seeing you um, eat that. Are you ready? Yes. So, me. How many choc ices out of five are you going to give the white chocolate Oreo? Two point five. Three. Well, that's what that's what that's what happened with the creator, wasn't it? It, it absolutely is that half little sliver. Yeah. Of kind of um, that's a bit of a disappointment, then, isn't it? It's like uh, that's not to say I don't like it. It's right slap bang in the middle. Absolutely. I mean, you know. Do you know what I do like about it is I wouldn't eat too many. I'd probably have just the one. Oh, that's always good. If if that's food to buy, then if that's the case, if you can be you know civilized and normal, and you're not going to hoover up the entire month, because I'd have been on my fourth or fifth by now. David, have you got the shortbread there? Here we go, sir. So, what shortbread have you got there, David? Apparently, this is a very je ne sais quoi shortbread. Butter leaves shortcake thins. Okay, you've gone for the thins. What does thins mean? I didn't quite understand what thins is. No, just thin biscuits, I'm guessing. I, 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 when I think about shortbread, I think about like the blocky. Yeah, I know what you mean. The thing is, um, the ones in Tesco's just look so um, unappealing. They were like Tesco's own blocky ones. And they just look like, oh my God, that's the sort of thing... Um, you would be given if you were in prison or something. So that's a little bit snobbish. But um, it, it's sort of the sort of thing that... Um, I don't know. It's sort of like uh, if you are in the Navy or something. There was nothing particularly interesting about it. Yeah, they are a bit thin. But it'll do the job on the old... Um... Oh, my God, they are literally like leaves. Oh, can I, uh, can I have a look at them? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, have they are they covered in some kind of sugary... Oh, yes, they've definitely got a sugary texture to it. Oh, no, oh, yeah, no. God, yeah. No, that's not... No. Well, okay, you review them. You review them at... This is what you're reviewing. What are they called again? They are called... Um, God, they do smell nice. Oh, they're called Butter Leaves Shortcake Thins, a crispy, buttery biscuit, and they're called um, Bake Sen the actual company okay not so this is not the biscuit I love but happy to hear the review here we go that's a shame what should I have got like I just, just like a classic blocky, a classic I should blocky, have got that blocky one sorry about not that not at all not at all but that is annoying isn't it I should have got the proper one okay I'm in heaven Take your time. There's the first. That's your first act. You got. You got to eat every bit. Each biscuit that we review, you got to eat them in three bites. <laughs> There's a fiddly second act. <laughs> and now we enter the third act. Yeah. <laughs> 
definitely worth taking your time over, isn't it? The aftertaste is, is nice. I just think when it comes to biscuits, there's just um, there's just more ambitious experiences out there. I mean, yeah. it shows that um, that maybe I've just ruined my taste buds in the sense that it's just one simple nice taste. <laughs> And it's just not in keeping with... Um... You said earlier you like a simple plot. I know, God. Not when it comes that... to Vicky's. Not at all. It's like if I was around someone's house or something, it'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't knock it out of bed. It's a nice experience. Do you know what I mean? It's, not a nice, it's a nice experience. But when you look at the competition that's on the yeah. shelf next to it... Yeah, there's it's a lot of muscling going on on those shelves. I mean, how are you? How who's who is going to walk down an aisle and go? Where are those bloody shortbread uh, baker leaf thins? No one. Well, I think that's that's the reason why I found I've, I've come away with them in the sense that it didn't look like many people were buying shortbread no. in Tesco's. Oh, okay. The only ones they had were just like really. Mon- well, I should have got the block ones because yeah, I think that was like more in keeping like what the you gold wanted. Bars, like biscuit bars. Yeah. Well, David, let's review them. So, everyone, uh, if you'd like to guess what David's going to give. Out of five for the Baker Thins. Yeah, I'm going to go for that. So, David, let's give them their correct title. What are they? Uh, Um, They are called Butterleave Shortcake Thins. Butterleaf Shortcake Thins. Potential biscuit you could take into the cinema with you to watch your next big movie. Well, quite civilised. Very nice. Just sort of little leaf every now and then popping yeah, yeah, in yeah. the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Okay. Here we go. How many choc ices out of five are you going to give the Butterleaf Thins? Definitely a 2.5. There you go. 2.5. It's that yeah. five that trips, it's that 0.5 that trips us up every time. Yeah. Thank you, David, for this week's biscuit review. No, sweetie, re- what should we call it? A sweetie review. A sugar review. Sweetie Indeed, biscuit review. Indeed, absolutely. So, David, you got any movie news this week? Flipping hell, you've got to go soon, haven't you? I know, I've got a dog that's stuck oh in Oh, my a, God, in we room. haven't even reviewed last week's. Um, oh, my God. Shit. Well, that's okay, we'll definitely finish it. It's, it's more important that we get a podcast recording. Well, what, about than... the dog? what about the dog? Um, I'll have to risk it type of thing. It'll be fine. Not that the dog is going to be abused anyway, people. <laughs> Do not worry about that. Don't get the RSPCA on the phone. Shit, okay. I'll just have to be covering... Just have to clean its SHI teeth, but it's fine. It's more important that we do that. No, it's not more important that we do. That. I keep saying that, don't I? It's a nightmare. You'll have to edit that out. Shit. It doesn't matter about the dog. No, don't I mean, obviously, you, you, obviously, the, it the, obviously it does. No. Obviously it does. Obviously it does. The dog is fine. Was, uh, just want to make that clear. Fine. It's just absolutely. Okay. It's just that you know. Um, right. So, any movie news, David? Any movie news? The writer strike has officially come to an end. Thank you, David, for this week's movie. <laughs> 
Not a problem, sir. Absolutely. Sweet and simple. Writer strikes come to an end. That means that if you write for streaming shows, you'll get more subsidiaries. So if it gets over 20 million views, they'll push up um, how much money you'll get. They'll actually give you other pay. And um, the other element is that Netflix were making the writer room smaller and smaller so they could pay um, you know, less people. But there's laws about that now that you have a certain amount of writers for a certain type of show. So you can't have these things that Netflix was introducing called mini rooms, where it was just two or three people, unless it's an auteur writer who wants to just write on their own with their own unique voice. But if it's a group of writers, there has to be a certain amount of people employed. And also, um, uh, AI is a case whereby that's still in the mix of what's going to happen with that. But they're, they're saying that um, uh, uh, with AI, there will never be an element whereby um, the writer's work will be taken away from them and then AI will, AI will finish it off or a writer will have to take work that's already being produced by AI. They won't be sharing credits with a machine anyway, but they have kept that quite flexible and it is going to be looked back upon um and um and potentially there is room for change with that you can see the producers do realize that things are going to go in the ai route they're very out of all of them the one they will not be kind of completely stuck to is the whole artificial intelligence aspect but there will be subsidiaries now in the sense that um video streamers will be a lot more transparent about their data and if you you do hit a certain point where um, the subscriptions go up high that month, your actual show's been watched more than other people's, uh, you will gain extra income from that, like you would have with normal traditional broadcast TV. Uh, Nathan Cheney says, random Poochie Terminator. Random Poochie Terminator, what's that for? That is... Well, like, the dog... Oh, right. I was wondering what that was. I think about the writer's strike, Random Poochie Terminator. You are quite right, sir. Yeah. That's what I'm dealing with. A, tucking, a, a ticking time bomb. Okay, the so the strike Poochie has ended then. The strike's ended. It's now up to the actors. Once we get the actors back, we can start making... But I heard... I don't know if you've heard from this in the industry, but apparently Hollywood just goes to sleep come November and they start celebrating Christmas early. Yeah. How, why is that? I don't understand. Oh, honestly, it. emails stop about November the twentieth and start up again end of January. Uh, why is that? Is I that because it's Thanksgiving Day as well? I don't know. But yeah, they go into like a lull for two months. It's like, I mean, we just have a crazy week, don't we? And that's more than enough. I guess maybe because it's Thanksgiving Day as well. Well, over over here though, it's just. Um... Just everything just slows right down to a... Even here it does as well. Strange, isn't it? Mm. So they're thinking that will help them with the actors because not a lot would have happened over November, December anyway. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. Not at all, sir, not at all. David Edwards So, David, this week's movie review is Mandy. Oh, hello, how's things with you? Yes, fine, yes. Oh, yes. good, good, good. David came round my house. Oh, week. 
Yes. You went round her garage last yes, week. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Just to see if she's all right, because obviously uh, you mentioned you last week there's potential for her to be married. She just said, "Don't lie." Liar. Uh, well, you know, lying. I, I wouldn't say it was lie. It was. Well, what I'm did David lying. say? I agreed. I did agree with he her. She came said, round came to mine and, and told me said, yes. not to get married. He came round to mine and told me not to get married. You went round and yes. told her not to get married to he the said, Hoover. Don't get married to the Hoover. I, I did. And I've said that live on the podcast. I think How it's rude. a bad idea. She's rushing into it. And she, you know, she's What's a lively um, female bot. And I don't think a hoover is going to keep her stimulated. Stay in the long away from my garage. Stay away, stay away from my garage. Stay away from my garage. Fair enough. That's fair yeah, That's what you know. That's enough. a full stop. Fair it enough. Fair I enough. Have this is a professional relationship for now. You're on. absolutely you right. Films, I'll review them and we'll push romance aside. That's Damn right. Enough. Damn right. And what film did she generate last last week? The talented Mr. Ripley. Oh. Over to you, David. Absolutely. So, um, God, I'm trying to think. Well, I, um... <laughs> I said it never should yeah. yeah, so plot-wise, just so everyone's got an idea, it was a big film for Anthony Mangelis in the sense that um, he'd just done The English Patient, big Oscar movie. So this one attracted a lot of kind of young stars. So the film stars Matt Damon as Tom Ripley, a talented imposter who was sent to Italy to retrieve a wayward millionaire's son, Dickie Greenleaf, played by Jude Law. However, things take a dark turn as Ripley's obsession with Dickie leads to a tangled web of deception betrayal and murder so matt damon becomes obsessed with um jude law's character and um well i don't want to give anything away but he almost wants to become jude law jude law's character in a way he becomes um uh it's, it's almost a bit like a kind of like period piece cable guy but obviously tend to miss ripley's a classic piece of literature is it around way before cable guy but it's got that element whereby, you know, that, that it's, it's the buddy movie gone seriously dysfunctionally wrong. So, some amazing elements to it, amazing cinematography, particularly around um, Italy, great performances, and the plot, very good. Because um, the more Matt Damon's character, the talented Mr. Ripley, you know, lies and creates more and more deceptions surrounding him, um, the more he's got to cover things up. He's got to um, basically um, bury the truth from other people. Because basically Margot, who's uh, Jude Law's um, partner, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, they can tell that Matt Damon, um, there's something dark and unbalanced about him. He has a, too much of an interest in Jude Law's character, Dickie. Dickie's so narcissistic and rich and spoiled. He's just like, well, obviously someone's going to be fascinated in me. And um, if anyone gets too friendly with Jude Law's character, after a while, things get so dark that Matt Damon will basically go into like serial killer mode and start killing people. And um, David, Sal Willis in the chat. Welcome, yes. Sal Willis. And welcome, Sean. Thank you, Sean, for watching and coming on board. Sal Willis says, what does David think of the opening titles? Of the talented Mr. Ripley? Yeah. I'm trying to think what happened to the opening titles. Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Can you, can, you, can you describe them at all? Why they're I think, so I think it's impressive? A 
A she, sorry, a she. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that, Sal. I'm trying um, to remember the well, let's, titles. Let's, before, well, while we wait for Sal to come back, let's have a little listen to the talented Mr. Ripley. Buongiorno. Nice sweater. Where do we get a carazzo for the phone? Can we just hire any of them? Relax. Relax. There's so much to do in a single day. Most important question is where do we eat? I hope Freddie made a reservation. Freddie? Freddie. Freddie Miles. Freddie's organizing the Cortina scheme trip. Huh? Oh, here he is. Frederico! Como stai? Bene! Ciao bello! Oh, God, don't you want to fuck every woman you see just once? Only once? Absolutely once, ciao. Tom Ripley, Freddie Mott. Tom. I mean, hey, if I'm late, think what her husband's saying. <laughs> you look gorgeous. As always. <laughs> oh. So, mangiare. See, si, I got the table outside for Brichios. Tommy. Outstanding. I tell you, I'm so cabin crazy with mangiare. I know, I was there. Okay. Okay. Now, you were excited about watching this, weren't you? Because you were reading the book by the editor of the movie, am I right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, did you um, have one eye on the edit? I certainly did, all the way through. I, I'm trying to look at... Um, the, the positive elements, I'd definitely say, the plot builds momentum. And um, as Ripley's um, sort of lies start to mount up, and more and more you see how psychologically deranged he is... And also, I'd say um, high IQ as well. I'm trying to remember the intro with the credits. That's really jarred me now. I'd be interested to see what she says about that. I don't remember it being like a David Fincher opening when the credits are really clever in some way. But the other thing is, um, Ripley's obviously got this high IQ. And the way he snakes himself out of different problems and issues is really impressive. Um how he manages to keep on his tippy toes. I mean, after a while, he's just he's just going around butchering people. That's his David, solution. Do you know what I'm sensing here? You weren't blown away by it. Yeah, it's the first half was quite slow. Right. So my memory of this movie is I was bored beyond belief. I think I was about 18, 19 when I watched it. Can you understand that? I can't remember anything about it apart from a yacht. Yeah, there is um there is a big yacht aspect. Kate Blanchett's on this yacht. If it's the yacht I'm thinking about, and it's a case of um it's a bit of intense moment well then there's lots of yachts in actual fact. There's another right. yacht bit with Gwyneth Paltrow starting it's to work out. It's, it's very yacht. yacht heavy. I think the Kate Blanchett thing's more of a boat. The yacht one, she's like sunbathing Gwyneth Paltrow, but she's looking over at Matt Damon and she's starting to get the idea that he's a wrong un type of thing. You were mad on this movie, were you? It's a bit on the slow side. The first half is very slow. It didn't need to be over two hours. The pacing is, um, it's not quick. Well, there I go. I said the, the creator was too fast. It didn't lay down the emotional beats and tracks. But then again, Anthony Mangeles, this is what you get and you expect. He's supposed to be high class period drama. It's not supposed to be, or it's got a thriller element. Because, you know, Talented Mr. Ripley is about this, you know, 
he's almost going on he's a um, closeted homosexual who's dealing with these inner you know crises inside him and at the same time you know he's obsessed by Jude Law and he's telling people he's one thing and he's not he's playing around with his identities he's creating more and more lies and after a while he's murdering people so you have got that thriller element but it's got a slow plodding classic novel period piece vibe to it sal says the title comes up and the word talented is replaced with other adjectives the secretive intelligent mysterious beautiful mr ripley i do remember that now quite right so i was thinking of some kind of cleverly graphic designed intro but i do remember that popping up on the screen yes kb says i remember it being a snooze fest I would say the second half, when he starts killing people, is a lot, lot better. Well, Dr. Greville says, does the second half justify the first half, David? Yes, it does. Because it it grounds it more into reality type of thing. I think the first half's slow, but it makes it more than your average thriller. It makes it more of a character piece. You know, it's not just a nutter going around killing people. You understand why. There's also a big class divide that Matt Damon's Tom Ripley is very, very poor. And he's found himself a route into this upper class environment. So Ripley isn't just a villain. He's a three-dimensional character, definitely. And you can empathise with him at times. How many sittings? I said I wouldn't ask, but I'm always interested. How many sittings? I I think... yeah, it's probably about five. Wow. Now that has... I had an idea of what review you're going to give it. Give it. Now that's throwing a cat amongst the pigeons. Okay. I quite like asking the sittings now. I wasn't expecting five. Five! That's how I remember the film, David. Yeah, I think also what happens is because you're so kind of unstimulated by the beginning, because the second one's a bit more fast moving, your brain is so wanting something to keep you occupied that um, perhaps it was if it was the second act of another film, it had been slower. Some of the dialogue scenes went on too long. I think if I saw it in the cinema, I'd appreciate the cinematography. Also, the acting is a very good. Philip Seymour Hoffman is great. As this kind of, he becomes, he's very friendly with Jude Law. And Matt Damon becomes very sulky and kind of jealous of their relationship. And you do feel, it is very relatable whereby um, you get that threes a crowd vibe. Like Jude Law and Philip Seymour Hoffman are listening to records in a, in a store in in Italy. And they're really bonding over it. And Matt Damon comes over and says, I don't know, Jude Law promised him that they were going to go somewhere. And Jude Law's like... Do it yourself. We're listening to our music. Do it yourself. <laughs> I know it's like that. And they're in a booth. It's in the fifties, yeah, and they're listening yeah. to their tracks. Oh, this is this is great. This is like a drum snare. And like, obviously, you know, you wouldn't go off and butcher that person a few no. scenes later. No. But you get that vibe that Matt Damon does feel as though, well, we kind of had plans. We're going to do this and this today in yeah. Italy. And now suddenly you're with this narcissistic, overweight, you know, nasty character, and you're his mate. Well, now's it's now's time to review Tennessee, Mr. Ripley, and tell us how many chalk ices out of five you're going to give it. Everyone, if you'd like to guess before David gives us his answer, I'll guess two. It's a tricky one, this one. It's a tricky one, this one. Oh, I'm going here. 
No, it can't be. I'm going to go here. Change my mind last minute. Change my mind. So everyone puts your guesses in there. Mike Rolls, Richard Bayliss, Gemma Casey, Peter R.M., James, Ron Mulgrave, Dave, KB, Jeff, Sal. Okay, everyone's guessing. Here we go, David. How many chocolates out of five are you going to give the talented Mr. Ripley? Go, Captain. <laughs> Absolutely telepathic <laughs> in unity. Three. I went 2.5 and then I thought, no, he would have liked, like you said, the cinematography. Yeah, there is enough class. I, I thought a lot of the time it's just like, I've just got this kind of YouTube brain now that just can't have slow plodding. Then I had a YouTube brain in the early 90s. Yeah, I don't remember being amazed, amazed when I first saw it. Um, so, Zoe F said 2.5, Rory said 3.5, as did Cardboard. Dr. Greggles, boo! <laughs> uh, Daniel Clark went lower with a 2, Richard Bayliss says get in. Um, Jeff Dow said 3.75, which we don't we do. Never we don't, no, we never will do. God, that would get messy. <laughs> I've a real handful. Well, thank you, David, for this week's movie review. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. It goes without saying. So, this week's movie tip, David. Got any tips? Movie tip, definitely. Um, where have I um, put... Uh, yeah, basically, it's um, a very good film that's on uh, Disney+. Plus. Very good one. It's, it's by Brian Duffield, who's a real up-and-coming director. He did a film on Netflix called Monster in Love. Uh, or Love and Monsters, rather, and also a film called Spontaneous. Um, Love and Monsters is like a sci-fi romantic comedy. Spontaneous is a high school romantic dark comedy. And this is his recent film. It's gone straight to Disney+. Plus In America, it was on Hulu. Um, and it's, very, it's called No One Will Save You, and it's a Close Encounters-esque alien invasion film. Uh, following a young girl who lives on the outskirts of this very small town in America, and there's literally no dialogue at all. They're like just two lines of dialogue, that's it. And it follows very obvious um, invasion of the body snatchers, close encounters, visual tropes and conventions, but it subverts them quite cleverly, and um, it's a real genre bender. And it's not going to be the best film you've seen all year, but it's certainly inventive and quite new. David, it's got David, David. Book smart. The, the reviews of it, they're all over the shop. I mean, I've just seen one, one and a half out of five, two out of five, but some people love it. Yes, it'll be Marmite. It's for a younger audience. It's definitely for a younger audience. So, I mean, if you're like a 50-year-old man, you'd be like, what's this? You know, in my day, I just watched Close Encounters of a Third Kind. You know, it's for a young, it's got that young uh, Gen, uh, Gen Z kind of vibe about it, certainly. It's definitely for um, 
a more youthful kind of audience. If you want to learn about craft and technique, Steven Spielberg once said, watch films with the sound off. Well, it was interesting because you had an interview with Orbit, didn't you, uh, on your Chatterbix podcast, and he was saying that he watches films on planes over people's shoulders, and if it's a good film, he can work it out just from the visuals. And... Um, this film reminded me of him talking about that in the sense that it's all done with clever camera work, expressive uh, dialogue. And also it's not just that you think it's going in very obvious directions, but um, it subverts your expectations in places. Definitely. Okay. Well, I, 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 no, I trust your reviews, David. The one or two films I've, I've gone and watched after you. I've loved them. So this is it. This is an interest. Empire gave it four stars. It, it won't be for everyone. It's Marmite. I think when I was watching it, I could tell that it wasn't hundred percent for my age group. But um, it's definitely inventive, and he's definitely an interesting director and writer. Goes without saying. Um, what else has he done again? So he's done um, Love and Monsters, which was like a kind of sci-fi fantasy rom-com. But Spontaneous is really interesting. It's set in an American school, and it's about a female student who spontaneously combusts, blows up. And no one quite knows why, but it makes all the kids appreciate their life now and want to live for the moment. Because they're literally in a class, and for no valid reason... Um, this girl just explodes. So it's very much a case of they suddenly got a new view on life. Okay. Well, David, that's a, that's a lovely one. So that is No One Will Save You, and that's on Netflix, did you say? It's on Disney+. Plus. Disney+. Plus. Um, Love and Monsters, that's on Netflix. Am I allowed to... Uh... Uh, give you a TV tip or on my breaking oh, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. Tip well, someone, someone recommended I haven't seen it, but someone recommended Mr. In Between. Mr. In Between is very good. I have seen that. Have you? Yes, it is. And it's very almost Breaking Bad esque. And um, that was recommended to me by your good um, friend from the Cockfields. Who? Um, can't try to remember who. Uh, you'll have to. You will have to edit this out because I actually. <laughs> I hate it when you say that. Why? Who? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sue Johnston. Hey. No, it was. Um, no. Suzanne. You mentioned absolutely everyone except. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Havers. It was, um, dear God, I, you know, I'm going to have to go for some kind of Gregor? brain scan. Ben Green. Ben Green. Was a big, big fan. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Remember no, the person? I've heard it's really good. I feel like I've been naughty giving you a TV review. No, 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 no. Please, if you get any tips or reviews, go for it. I'm more hungry yeah. to hear other people's yeah, thoughts. Yeah, it's a movie. It's a movie and biscuit podcast. We not, can't not be at breaking all. He told me about it and I was completely... Do get rid of that, though, because that's embarrassing me forgetting someone's name. That's just really... It shows how narcissistic and self-involved I am. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um... All yes. right, well, thank you, David, for this week's movie tip. 100%. Who told you about Mr. In Between? Who gave you that tip? Never you mind. Goodness <laughs> me, you keep your nose out of my TV pies, Mr. Edwards. Uh, thank you, David. 
So, here's my favourite bit. You know more than anything, David, I want you to get a humdinger of a film. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. When I know you're sitting through, like, a homework exam or a review, or I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm like, oh, no, I want a goodie. I want a good. It's good that you're on my side. You are on my side, Absolutely, I am. So, uh, Mandy is chugging away in the background. And uh, we're going to find out what movie you are going to be reviewing next week. Are you ready, sir? Absolutely. Let's go for the genre. The genre of the movie you might be reviewing next... The first movie you might be reviewing next week. Over to you. Stop. Action. Lovely. Lovely. And... The decade of this movie. Stop. 1960s. Okay. And we generate four action movies from the 1960s. Uh, Maddie has generated four. She's spinning them around in her belly, and it's over to you. Tell her when to tell her to tell her when to stop. Stop. Planets of the Apes. Wow, I'd love to see that. Planets of the Apes. I'd, 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 God, it's years since I've seen. It. I may even think to myself, have I properly seen that? Same here. It's such same a, here. Yeah, it's so referenced with clips and everything. Yeah, I'd great. love to see that game, man. Right That'd be amazing. Apes. Here we go. <sighs> okay. Now let's find the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Over to you. Stop. Romance. Lovely. And now the decade this romantic movie. Stop. 2010s. Interesting. Mandy has generated four romantic movies from the 2010s. And she's spinning them around in her belly and it's over to you to tell her when to stop. Tall Girl. What's that one about? 2010's Tall Girl. Tall Girl. Ava Michelle, Sabrina Carpenter, Steve Zahn and Griffin Cluck in Tall Girl. God, what are the other ones? Sweet Francais, Two Night Stand and You Again. I don't know any of those. Tall Girl. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, pick the third genre, uh, the movie you might be reviewing next week. Over to you, David. Stop. Adventure. Oh, thank you. 
And now the decade. Stop. 2010s. Okay, so that could be potential. Maddie, please generate four adventure movies from the 2010s. She has done. They're in her belly. She's spinning them around, and it's down to you to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. Expendables 3. Wowzers. I think that's got Harrison Ford in, isn't it? Expendables 3. I'd be interested. I'd happily sit and watch that. Yeah, it has. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that'd be an interesting. I'd, I'd check it out. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in that. Okay, David. So it's now your turn to choose which movie, blindfoldedly choose which movie you're going to review next week. I've given each movie an A, a B, and a C, and I've jumbled them up, or have I? And it's now time to, for you to tell me which one you're going to watch next week. Is it going to be Planet of the Apes, Tall Girl or Expendables 3? Over to you. I'm up for a bit of Expendables 3. That's all right, isn't it? 100%, 100% up for that. Is it? Uh, have you seen any of them? I've seen one and two. I've not seen three or four. The fourth one's just come out. Now, do you like one and two? Or are they hard work? They're all right. I found the second one hard work. The first one was okay. Um, but I mean, I prefer that than Tall Girls. I mean, Planet of the Apes would have been really interesting. But I mean, Expendables 3, I mean, I've taken worse bullets on this show. Yeah. You've got to keep things in context. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, I'd be interested to see where Harrison Ford pops up. And um, yeah, definitely. There's stuff there to keep me occupied. I'd happily sit and watch that. Okay. Okay. Dave says decent. Dave's watching decent. 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 Decent um, stuff, you can't knock Junkman it. Junkman Jones says probably the best out of those three movies. Oh, really? Well, according to Junkman. I don't know if Stallone directed that one or not. I think he's directed some of them. I mean, you've got Schwarzenegger, you've got Stallone, Statham, Harrison Ford. I mean, that's just a bit of fun in itself. Oh, 100%, 100%. I don't think Schwarzenegger was in one or two. So I think it's interesting it's in this one. So I think they really pushed the boat out for this one. The fourth one didn't do at all well in the cinema. It came out a few weeks ago. Didn't it? it got bad reviews. And I think it made something like 8 million or something in the, in America. Shit. So it did pretty appallingly. But I think, yeah, the third one did do well. Okay. All right, David. Well, you've got... I'm worried about that dog. So let's... Um, Thank you so much for this week's movie. No, thank you, sir. Thanks for your time. Um, Hugely appreciated. And uh, we'll be back next Saturday for sure. To- ab- t- 
total usual time at the ready with an Expendables 3 or a review. And a potentially a doughy cookie review. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you very much, everybody. See you next week. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Thank you.